Welcome back to episode 13 about growing the good Christian girl. And this is the beginning of our final segment in season two. This segment is all about social justice and how that impacts our view of evangelism. So today we have Michael McDonald from the Bible Project joining us. So before we get started, I want to say this episode is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. So when I was going through the hardest part of my deconstruction, it came with a lot of anxiety and struggles with feeling alone and sometimes depression and just like feeling like my whole worldview is kind of being shaken a little bit. And so seeing a counselor was incredibly helpful in my own journey. And what I wanted in a counselor personally was someone with a Christian background who was a Christian, but was also a fully licensed therapist were really good at their job. And I wanted to keep our sessions strictly clinical. So that's one of the things I love about Faithful Counseling, our sponsors, is that they assess your needs. They set you up with a therapist who is a Christian, but is also like fully licensed, credentialed, has experience as a therapist. And you get to choose how involved you want your faith in your sessions from super involved to keep it strictly clinical to only bring it up if I bring it up, that kind of thing. You get to choose. Faithful Counseling also, it's all online. You get to meet with your counselor through video chat, message them securely between sessions. So you can do this from anywhere in the world. It also tends to be less expensive than a lot of traditional counselors are, and they offer financial aid that you can apply for too. So they're offering 10% off to listeners about Growing the Good Christian Girl, 10% off your first month. Check out Faithful Counseling, our sponsors for this podcast, link down below for 10% off your first month with them. So today we have Michael McDonald from The Bible Project joining us. He used to be a pastor. He's also served in ministry in more than 15 countries. Now he works as the director of strategic relationships for The Bible Project, which is a crowdfunded nonprofit animation studio to communicate the story of the Bible and that it all points back to Jesus. They have really amazing videos on the Bible Project about all different topics, including social justice. Definitely check it out. They're linked down below, some of them. And they also have videos that just walk you through a book of the Bible at a time, helping show the big, the bigger picture, the overall context of how that book points back to Jesus and where it fits in this overarching story arc of the Bible. Their videos are just amazing. So I'm, I was so excited when Michael said he'd come on and chat with us, and I'm so excited to share his interview with you today. Mike, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast today, and thank you so much for spending this time with us. So I'm Absolutely. very excited. Oh, well, yeah. grateful to be here, Tiffany. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, same for me. So let's dive right in. Um, growing up in church, I didn't hear a whole lot about social justice. And even today, I found like social justice can be a very controversial topic in some church circles. And I've always, I you know, as I'm in this journey of looking deeper into the Bible and what it says, I found that a little strange because it's such a huge theme in the Bible. So I'm wondering, like, as we get started, we're going to dive into a little more of what the Bible says about justice. But as we get started, do you have any insight on why that might be? Like, why do you think social justice can be such a controversial topic in church circles sometimes? Hmm. I, you know, I mean, I think there's probably, there's some church history around it for sure. Mm. Um, where you've got, I mean, back to the early church. I was church. wondering if there was. Yeah. My husband's oh, like, sure. I bet there's like something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's totally a, you know, history to it. Just like there is any, any topic. Um, sure. but you know, the, the reality is, I mean, gosh, uh, what we call social justice now could not be bifurcated from the church and the early, I mean, it was just, it's the, it was the way of life. It was, we can get into that around kind of what that looked like. But yeah. I think what happened from what I understand from kind of church history is, is um, 
at some point there was what we maybe would deem like liberal or conservative or whatever titles and labels you want to put onto things where certain people would express the gospel in words. And so they mm-hmm. would, you know, be on a box and they'd share in the square and they would kind of do the, like the preaching teaching thing. Right. And then others would express the gospel in deed and in, in works and in caring for mm-hmm. the poor and the orphan and the widow, which we see throughout the Bible as well. And so right. I think both really beautiful, healthy expressions of what it means to, um, share the gospel, uh, in, in a holistic way. And then I think what happened is, is you've got, like anything, people get more comfortable in one of the ways more than the other. And, mm. and then in, in our own insecurity, we potentially start to attack the one that we're not as comfortable with. And so if I'm more comfortable with just like studying the Bible and teaching the Bible to others, then all of a sudden any other expression becomes less valuable and the pendulum mm-hmm. swings. And depending on where you sit, I mean, you're, you say like, we don't have this conversation about social justice growing up in the church. I grew up in a community of, of people that that was all they talked about. Mm, and yet we both would have been, yeah. we both would have been inside these Christian communities. And so right. I, I think it just depends on what community you happen to be a part of, but the pendulum does swing mm. and you might have churches and communities where the pendulum is swung only about uh, social justice and they're missing the, the, the part about actually sharing um, you know, the coming kingdom of God and using right. words to do that. And so I think what we end up just seeing is this division um, out of fear and out mm-hmm. of probably, you know, uh, some insecurities, but then we start kind of picking teams and, and then all of a sudden social justice becomes a negative connotation mm. as opposed to just an expression of what it means to be a follower of Jesus right. and vice versa, just a straight up, you know, preacher type person that becomes a negative connotation for this other community. Yeah. And we just see that. I don't know. So I, I don't have a really good, you know, a complete definition of why, but I, I do think just in human nature, we often, you know, kind of push away the things that we fear. And Absolutely. so if it's easier for me to do the social justice thing than it is for me to preach, yeah. then I'm going to pick that team sure. and I'm going to like, kind of like start finding ways to believe that my team is right. Mm. As opposed to <laughs> seeing it as like, we are a part of this larger body that we actually only get a complete picture of what it means to be the body of Christ when we do it in unity, not in division. Right. So. Oh, I love that. That's so true. And that kind of goes into the second question I had in mind, which is, I think like for the churches I grew up in, which were very um, conservative evangelical churches. And again, that's painting with a broad stroke. But for, sure. for me, um, social justice was seen as more of like a liberal issue. And I, I wonder if what you even just mentioned kind of touches back to that. Like it's almost seen as like, well, people do this instead of preach. I don't know. Have, have you have you observed this as ever being like pegged as a liberal issue? And why do you think that is? Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think that probably goes back to, to church history. You saw, um, you know, gosh, probably 1800s. I'm trying to think of like, you know, I even like C.S. Lewis talked about like fundamentalism mm-hmm. as not being a negative mm-hmm. thing. He talked about it as like, let's be in the fundamentals, but that, you know, gets a certain connotation right. that, you know, you're a fundamentalist, which then means X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and I think the liberal or maybe the more progressive, um, whatever word you want to uh-huh. use, kind of went more the social aspect and, yeah. and believed in kind of like um, elevating all humans to this like place of equality and so right. on. And so they would maybe see it as like, 
you know, this is what, so I, liberal or non-liberal, if we look at the biblical side of it, it's all in, it's all supposed to be there right. when it comes to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, but no, I've seen, I absolutely see that across the board, you know, in cities all across America mm. where you've got these different expressions of, yeah. of Christianity and we're just way too quick to think that, you know, we're the ones that have it figured out. And, yeah. you know, one of the best things, um, you know, a friend of mine, Bob told me is he goes, you know, Mike, we're all going to meet Jesus face to face one day, like every mm -hmm. single one of us mm -hmm. and realize we had some bad theology. <laughs> like yeah. every, there's not right. one of us that is going to show up and be like, but we live in our world. Like we, yeah. we've got the, you know, the, the right, the right way. And I always think the right way is probably the unifying way because I feel like mm. God is a God of unity and the spirit right. of God is a spirit of unity. And so um, when we start seeing ourselves dividing like that, I think we got to ask ourselves the questions, what's going on here? And is it, is it pride? Is it insecurity? Right. Is it, you know, you know, whatever. I definitely see that in my own life too. I'm so quick to be all like self-righteous on a certain perspective. Yeah. Well, we are. That's like, the human story. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like constantly having to catch myself with that. So I have one more question yeah. about this, like sometimes divide we see, and then I want to dive into the, the biblical basis for this. Um, I know most of my audience grew up similarly to me. And so um, one of the first things we're looking at in each podcast episode is the fruit of like your old way versus new way of thinking. Yeah. So what would you say is the fruit of a Christianity where you neglect the social justice aspect? Um, is that ever appropriate? Because like I know like in my own church experiences, um, social justice really took a backseat to spiritual disciplines, which are also really important. Um, but I guess my question is, what is the proper place for social justice to have in our faith? And when we neglect that, what is the fruit of that? Uh, well, kind of a yeah, I mean, question. I think um, obviously there's lots of different fruit of the spirit and, and it sure. manifests its way in different ways. So I, I, I would never say mm -hmm. that there isn't going to be fruit if you mm. take this part out, I don't think it's going to be a complete right, picture right. of the kingdom. Um, mm. In the same way that uh, if, if you only have that, you're going to be missing uh -huh. some of the fruit of, of some of the other things, but you do bring up right. a good point around the spiritual disciplines. That I think is the problem that we get ourselves into where we actually separate this. We, we, we actually go, there's spiritual things and then there's earthly things. Mm. And that's actually just right. straight up biblical heresy. There is right. no separation. We are not just spiritual entities and we're not just physical. We're actually both together. And so we mm. cannot, we should not be bifurcating this idea of like the spiritual disciplines are more important than the, the way that we actually socially live our life in the physical. Cause mm. that's totally the very beginning from, from Genesis was like, they actually created physical beings for right. the spirit of God to, you know, so, why do we split those up? Why do we yeah. go prayer and reading our Bible is more important than feeding the poor? It's just, you just mm -hmm. can't split them up. It actually, it's mm -hmm. impossible. If you're reading your Bible, you, you have to then go take care of the poor, the orphan, the widow, because mm -hmm. it's literally what the whole story of God is about from, from Genesis yeah. through Abraham to the coming Messiah to, I mean, all of that is included. And so mm. I think that's probably, probably the bigger question is to go, why do we split these things up? Why are we yeah. so quick to go? I've got my spiritual disciplines and then I've got my like physical, right. whatever. Yeah. That's a great, I love that answer. What would you 
say, like, why are we quick to split that up? And what did that look like? Because I know you mentioned in the early church how it was all in one piece, the social justice and the spiritual disciplines. It's probably a question for a much smarter human than me. Um, I'm sure there's some, <laughs> some things in there around um, when we started looking at, I mean, gosh, think of our theology of heaven and, and earth. You know, mm-hmm. our, our, we just had an interview church. with Joshua Butler about that. Yeah. yeah. Josh is a uh-huh. good, great, great friend. And, and, you know, you know, we've got, we sing songs that actually say that we're going to leave this place and go to some other place in the sky. Right. Like we literally sing worship songs about that. Yeah. That is just horrible theology. Mm. Like, like the kingdom of God is actually like the remaking of this earth that God yeah. created and is right. restoring it and bringing it. And that's why there's new heavens and new earth and mm. resurrection. And I, so I guess, um, you know, I don't know where the split happened, but it's happened not just when it comes to justice and the spirit. It happens in how we think about heaven and earth. It yeah. happens, you know, it, it, it Im- so infiltrates all of that. And so for some reason, and we don't treat our earth that way. We don't treat our bodies right. that way. We kind of think... Well, we now have accepted Jesus. We're going to get new bodies anyways. So uh-huh. now it's just nothing else matters. Right. And and I think when we actually read the entire story of Jesus, the uh-huh. entire narrative, it's impossible to think that way. The Hebrews <laughs> yeah. and the you know, the early Christians would just never separate it mm. in that way. That's, you know, that so anyways, yeah. I, I don't know. That's and a really, big conversation. <laughs> at least for me like separating that heaven and earth theology like you're talking about that that we're leaving here like escaping here that really does play into how we see social justice as whether or not it's essential in our faith at least for me it's like if i'm escaping all that matters are the souls and like the person themselves so all i've got to do is get them to say that they believe in jesus that's the most important thing yeah and then she and then jesus is like yeah but i'm also like healing people uh-huh. and I'm taking care of their physical needs yeah. and I'm feeding them. And so it's just so difficult to separate yeah. the two when we really look. And that's why I think I'm, I'm such a, I'm so passionate about, we are at the Bible project uh-huh. of understanding the entire narrative, right. not just these little verses, not yeah. just like a scripture out of context, but what is the actual narrative that's going on here? Because that is what we need to be stepping into. Mm, I love that. And that's the perfect segue into my the next section of this interview, which is all about scripture and its intent. I found like as I've dived deeper into it and I've seen it in like a brand new way. And so I want to talk about this mm. with social justice. By the way, also, if you hear noises in the background, my baby is seven months old. She is sick. And so she and my husband are down here. So if I seem a little tired too, that's why I was up like all night with her. (laughs) I get it. You are. Yeah. So so any noises you hear, that's, that's her. Um, so Mm. that the, so yes, scripture's intent. So I watched the Bible projects video on justice and I loved it. And I highly encourage all my viewers to go check that out. It's going to be linked below this podcast. Um, it gives such a biblical overview to why justice is important to God. So I was hoping that you could kind of help break this down for us today. Um, and I wanted to start by asking, where does this biblical understanding of justice begin? Like what is the foundation for why this is so important to God? Um, so, if you watch any of our videos, you're going to notice that we constantly go back to Genesis. Mm -hmm. Almost every video goes back to Genesis. And that's because 
everything be, for me the story of like how we understand what words mean mm. what the original intent was you've got to go to the beginning of the story right. like that's where all those things are, are started and so the idea of justice begins like literally like page one like mm. you know open up to genesis <laughs> and and then the idea is is that god creates humankind so male female in his image mm. and that 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 creates this place of equality um, in mm. humans. Every mm -hmm. human is made in the image of God and therefore is equal in the sight of God and therefore is worthy of the care and dignity and respect and all the things that, you know, as an image bearer. Right. So, you know, if we're in a relationship, you and me, Tiffany, I treat you as you're made in the image mm. of God. Mm -hmm. as am I. Right. And so we actually have this place of equality. So justice and righteousness, you know, which, which, which we can get into, which are the words that we use there, but um, starts off with the, 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 the basis, mm -hmm. the very like bedrock is we're made in God's image and we need to treat each other in that type of way. And when you really think about it, then when you start looking at oppression and, and the poor and the orphan, the widow, the different kind of like groups that God even communicates mm -hmm. about, we don't often think of those people as equal. Mm. That's where right. oppression starts to take place. That's where injustice starts to take place. That's where racism and all the different mm -hmm. conversations, that is coming from a place of the person that I'm oppressing is not equal mm. to me. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, the, yeah. So, I mean, that's where, for us, that's yeah. where it starts. We just go to page one and go, great. God created <laughs> us equal. He created us male and female. But you think about our soul, like, I mean, I am a white mm -hmm. male in a, in a, in a culture, in a social structure that I have, whether it's been taught to me by mm -hmm. words, it definitely has been taught to me by culture that I am more important mm -hmm. than you. I get paid mm -hmm. more in the job circle. I get bigger responsibilities and higher leadership right. in the church. I get like all the different things, whether they're said, you know, verbatim, word, right. they uh -huh. are shown. So I am, I am growing up in a social structure where I actually don't believe mm. that we are equal mm. in that, right. you know? So that, that's, you know, that's, that's injustice. Mm -hmm. That is, that's what's going. So I think if we got to go back again to the beginning, I need to continue to help shape my understanding of, you know, all of this from a place of we are created in God's image and equal. Right. So I'm just going to, kind of go off of the questions I sent you yeah. here and yeah, yeah. ask. So as you're talking about the injustice we see, even in like social hierarchies, it yeah. seems like it's really hard for us as Christians to accept that. Like I, I, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what people are saying here, but I hear a lot of conversation about like biblical justice versus social justice. And like a lot of almost pushback to like the systems of oppression that we see and how that's not really an issue or they're not really there. Is that just a human issue where we don't want to see it? Or is that like, is there something in our theology that contributes to that? Uh, well, gosh, it's probably, if that makes sense. well, it does mean, I, I think we, I'd want to get into like a specific, um, mm. because it's hard, you know, the abstract side right, of things, right. but yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can truly separate biblical, Justice. I don't know what the difference is between biblical I've and social justice. That too. Yeah. Like okay. what? Are, what is the? What's the difference? Give me right. an example. And if they go well, I don't. And again, again, I don't know what the example would be. But um, I don't. If what we're calling social justice, meaning 
like the equalizing of all humans, the elevating mm-hmm. of those that are oppressed or in places mm-hmm. of, you mm-hmm. know, injustice. If you're talking about, and you get real, real in America, if you're talking about prison reform, if you're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, all those things, uh-huh. I don't think you can separate that from biblical justice. Right. This is, this is what God, I mean, God actually told Abraham and his family to live out what it means to have righteousness and justice in their family. And then like model that to the rest of the world, which is Mm. caring for the poor, the orphan, the immigrant, the widow. And Mm. yet we do not have a social construct that actually does that. And we consider Mm. that, well, that's social justice, caring for the immigrant that's coming over, Afghan refugees coming over. Like this is our country. Like you can get all into Uh all of that. I don't think that's social justice. I think that's just, that's, I don't separate social and social because yeah, because that's the framework that we are supposed to be operating in mm-hmm. is inside this family of God ecosystem mm-hmm. that God is shaping the way that we mm. do and live our life. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And that brings me right into my next question, which is you talked in that video about the original words for righteousness and justice and how they work together to inform our understanding of justice. Would you tell us about that? Um. Well, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the call that God had for Abraham and his family. God, you know, chooses Abraham mm-hmm. and and tells him to go and, you know, make this family and, and you know, basically live out, teach them righteousness and justice, mm-hmm. you know, and teach them. And, and those words mean something in our English language here right. in America right now. But like there is like a, you know, righteousness um, is really about like right living with others like Mm. like you know it's an ethical you know standard Mm -hmm. uh, that refers to like the right relationships between people um it's about treating others like we said about from genesis like treating others as the image bearers of god right um and and then just justice go ahead sorry sorry. i was gonna say that just totally like changes my understanding of even the biblical story if i understand righteousness the way it was intended like that. Cause I always think of it as like a moral code, you know, like righteousness means like, I don't swear. I, you know, like I read my Bible every right. day, but that's just, this is such a bigger picture. It's actually all relational. Right. It's all about like, how am I treating you? How am I treating my neighbor? How am I treating, you know, again, all of those. And then justice, you know, often we think of a, in our American, our American kind of terms is like a courthouse mm-hmm. or like punitive type de- justice. Right. So if you do something wrong, there's these consequences. But the majority of the that word in the Bible actually refers to more of a restorative mm. justice. And so it means like, not just the, the penal side of things, but actually like, you know, seeking out vulnerable people mm. who are being taken advantage mm. of and helping mm. them. Like, like that's actually, that's not just like, I did something wrong. So now I have this consequence. Uh That's actually, no, there are systems that are wrong. Mm. There are things that are wrong inside of our society. And we actually need to go seek out the vulnerable, Mm. not just wait for them to come to our doorstep. And we need to be able and and help them from not being taken advantage Mm. of, you know, it's, so it's, it's advocating for the vulnerable. It's changing the social structures. It's preventing injustice. Mm. So it's actually very active, right. not just passive. I never realized that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the way that I think about it, like the the righteousness, which is tessica in the Hebrew, and I, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so that probably butchering the way that we should be saying <laughs> it, but is is the is the standard 
of right relationship between mm. people. So that's, that's mm-hmm. righteousness. So there's a, the, there's, you know, and then justice, which is mishpat is the actions you do to create the standard wow. of righteousness. So there is, there is like this yeah. connection between the two words. There's, this is what righteousness is. And then justice is the action in which we're going to create that standard inside of our families, inside mm. of our communities, inside of our societies. And so they're totally connected. So they literally cannot be separated. They shouldn't. And they're not like <laughs> when we like understand the language. Yeah, yeah. And they're not like throughout the scriptures, like, you know, there's, um, you know, in Proverbs and in Jeremiah, like you can go through all the different verses where you see those words, I think like 13 or 14 times that they're used and they're mm. always together. Like they're always mm. used in that way. Huh. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I, I guess, I don't know if you have any, okay, I'm going to ask you a yeah, question yeah. and <laughs> just throw it at you. So practically, what does this look like? Like, how do we, I, I don't know, when I hear about things of injustice, I'll be like, okay, I can post about this and like raise awareness. But when it comes to a practical side, I feel so lost, mm. like, especially with these big picture, like when we're talking about societal structures that are like systems of oppression with racism and with how we treat immigrants coming across the border, you know, like what can me and my listeners do? Yeah. If you have any suggestions. Well, I think I, sure. I think it's overwhelming to think about, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of like, there's so many cliches like Rome wasn't built in a day and blah, blah, all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> the reality is, is that like, so think of like the great wall before it was made probably would have just been this, mm-hmm. like, there's just no way, like, how do you even do that? Yeah. How do we build a wall across our entire country? This is just crazy. Right. Um, but you start with a brick and you go brick by brick. And at some point the wall mm-hmm. gets built. Um, but if you mm-hmm. get overwhelmed with the concept of the wall, you'll never place the first brick Mm, and i think for us yeah you've got to just start with just one like just with your neighbor like you know if it's like the refugee crisis it's like well listen Mm -hmm. i guarantee you in your city there are refugees i guarantee you they feel really alone in it think of what i often try to do is go what would it be like for you and your you've got a seven month old baby Mm -hmm. and your husband three-year-old and a Mm three-year-old so the four of you uh yeah everything goes crazy in America. Country just is, you know, someone's taking over, whatever, you know, <laughs> think of any yeah. of that. And you get taken out of, you've got to leave for your safety. Otherwise your family's going to die. You take mm-hmm. your family into another country where you don't speak their language. You don't understand their currency. You don't understand the way the social systems work. It's entirely mm-hmm. different. You don't even know like what it's like to go to the grocery store. You, because you don't understand even the fruits and vegetables that like, you are right. out of your element in the most crazy place. That's yeah. what they're going through right now. Mm. And, and so yeah. what would it look like? What would you hope for if you were in that position from a local? Mm. W- wouldn't it be amazing if a local just showed up and said, hey, this is probably a really crazy time for you. Can I just take you to the grocery store and teach you like what the cans of soup mean or what the can, you know, mm. can I just teach you yeah. how to use the bus system so that you can actually get around? Um, right. Can I, you know, help you with like, how to not get ripped off by all these phone scams. Like, I mean, all the things Mm, that you would hope somebody would. And so that might, the the overwhelming crisis of refugees might feel, and I'm just taking one topic, but the overwhelming crisis of refugees, just find one refugee, go, go to one organization in the city and go, how do I show up? It might be a ride from the airport. It might be, Mm. you know, English lessons once a month with the kids. I don't know. 
But I would just take one step, one right. brick, one thing, and um, see how that will, if we all did that, mm. then yeah. it, it, what you know, a difference. it would, what a difference. But it's just, we get overwhelmed with how big the system is and how big the injustice is that we just get immobilized and don't do anything. Yeah. And I, and I'm just a fan of just saying, just, you know, it's one neighbor, it's mm. one, you know, it's one action that begets another and, and another. So that's so good. I love that. Okay. So, um, I know in the video, I'm trying to decide which question I want to do next. Um, mm-hmm. this is so, so good. I'm loving this. So in the video, it said that justice is courageously making other people's problems, my own kind of like you're talking about mm. here. So how do we, yeah. cause there's also for at least I'm a one on the Enneagram. So very like black and white, all or nothing approach. So how do yeah. we figure out boundaries in our approach to justice or do we? So for example, some people like me, I'm very quick to have strong boundaries and I have to learn to step out of them and say yes to more things. And then my husband yeah. on the other hand, like can easily spread himself too thin because he wants to meet everybody's needs. So like, how do you find yeah. a balance in this biblical approach to seeking out ways to bring justice? Uh, I mean, I think you've said it. I think that it's a balance. It's, um, it's a holistic approach. We see Jesus taking time away, mm-hmm. but we also see him stepping into mm-hmm. the mess. Um, and, and it's both and, and so, but again, we're humans. So we're just so quick to swing the pendulum right. one way or the other yeah. to go, you know what, I'm going to have all these boundaries because I've been totally taken uh-huh. advantage of in the past. And so I'm not going to do, I just need to like yeah. be healthy and self care and everything else, which is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side though, you obviously need to be engaging in, in, if we want to be holistic disciples of Jesus, I, I'm the extrovert that's way out there and would just go (laughs) do all the things. My wife is more the introvert and cares for people in a much different Mm way. Um, and we grow and we stretch each other. But if we're, if we are following in the footsteps of Mm -hmm. Jesus and trying to follow in the way of, of what it means to be a, a, you know, Jesus person, then it's both. It's just both. Mm -hmm. And, and you got to know yourself. Like you're going to have to know yourself. Self-awareness is super important. It's not a new agey thing. It's just to know yourself is to know Mm -hmm. God. I actually think that's Mm -hmm. very like, because we're made in his image. So if we can actually be self-aware of like what's going on with our, our feelings and emotions and where we're at and our energy and everything else, then we can tap into Mm -hmm. that and go, this is a moment I need to step Mm -hmm. out and, and, you know, be in isolation. And, and Jesus did that. He stepped away and just spent time in prayer with the father. Um, and then there's other times that he's going to be out in the courtyard and he's going to be, you know, doing his thing. And I think that's just the model that we is mm-hmm. balance and it's not either or. And that's the problem with the whole idea yeah. of social justice being a liberal thing right. or a conservative thing is it's, it's an either or mindset as opposed to a, you know, again, yes. unity, holistic, uh-huh. like that's the, that's yeah. the thing. That totally so. makes sense. So um, I think I have, you've answered so many of my questions already. I'm just trying to look through the last ones I have. Um, so, okay. 
I know in the video it talks about how we're all active or passive participants in injustice because we live in this system. Yeah. And I know on a personal level that can be really hard to accept that we've been a part of the problem. Um, it's easy to want to justify ourselves and be like, when those people did that horrible thing, they were being racist or unjust, but I've never done those things. So why is it so difficult right. to accept we've been a part of the problem? And what does repentance look like? Well, I think it's it's hard because we feel a lot of shame. Mm. I think that I, whether we... I, I listen, it's hard for me if I'm in conflict. I, I'm, I mean, you and your husband probably are never in conflict. Oh, never. But when my course, wife and never. I are in conflict, <laughs> um, you know, it's very difficult for me to accept that I've somehow hurt her mm. or wronged mm -hmm. her. Because it's never my intent. It's right, not right. my heart. It's not my... It's not my but my wife is a counselor and she's very quick in a good way for, to remind me like there's intent and there's impact. Mm -hmm. I may not have intended to do this, mm -hmm. but there still is an impact. I can, you know, she can, I can step on her toe. Mm -hmm. I did not intend to do that. Right. It doesn't mean that there isn't an impact to her toe. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so what's hard is like when I'm saying I'm sorry, um, I it's it's like should I be should I be asking for forgiveness for something that I didn't intend to do mm -hmm. and so inside of our systems of racism and injustice and gender equality mm -hmm. and all the different types of things it's hard for us to step into those because it's like well I didn't I didn't create right. that and yet there is an impact mm -hmm. to me being a part of that system mm -hmm. uh and whether and, and so part of it is really starting to understand that regardless of the intent, there still is an mm. impact, regardless of the fact that I wasn't the one that, um, uh, you know, in the me too type movement mm -hmm. stuff, like I haven't sexually abused anybody or I haven't said <laughs> comments about, yeah. you know, I haven't made comments mm -hmm. about, you know, all that. And yet I am a recipient of the benefits of, my male mm. superiority inside a culture that, and so I have to actually sit with that right. if, if I want to be a part of changing the social structures that are actually are really could be beautiful if male and females were actually looked at mm. as equal in our society. And so, um, so yeah, it's very difficult to yeah. look at that and it's very difficult to accept some responsibility in not, standing up for the injustice against women by even just being mm. silent. You know, my silence right. is actually a part of the systematic problem. Mm. And, and that's scary to look at because I have to, because I have to, you know, start going to a place of like, wow, I'm doing something mm. wrong, which nobody wants mm -hmm. to look at. And then it can bring shame and guilt and then you can hide. And then I think our defense mechanisms step into place where then we just push against it and go, that's mm. not me. That's right. not me. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if that's answering yeah. your question. All I can do is speak for, for my own personal, like, you know, what are some areas like, uh, again, in America, white male, there's mm -hmm. racism stuff. There's social, uh, there's uh, gender equality stuff that whether or not I've explicitly been a part of, I'm definitely implicitly mm. a part of. And there are things that I can do to help actually seek out and break down those systems of mm -hmm. injustice um, with a lot of humility and a lot of just like, there's a lot of 
growth and a lot of areas that we need to, yeah. to work on. So that's awesome. So I guess my last question is you talk about how our silence can contribute to the problem. And I wonder sometimes like I'll, you know, post about things on social media or whatever. And I, I'm not always sure how else to use my voice. So what do like, even mm. with racism, that's something like I'll have conversations on my YouTube channel about it. And that's one way to use my voice, but I know there's more and I don't know what it is. <laughs> so what does it mean to not be silent mm. on an issue? And on the same hand token, maybe the other side of the picture, there's so many issues I want to speak about. And I feel like I can't do justice to them all. Does that make sense? It's like, how do you, how do you? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we can. I think that we just always need to approach things with a lot of humility and a lot of like, um, anytime that we come across like we're teachy mm -hmm. or the expert is just the reality is we got so much still more to learn. So even being a part of the conversation, creating safe places for people to actually have these conversations, mm -hmm. I think is super important, mm -hmm. whether or not you've got all the answers, but creating a place that, you know, um, and, and in today's day and age, obviously, social media is a big part of that, um, although it can also be a place to hide yeah, because we absolutely. can have these very public right. you know, declarations, but not actually do anything in our own day to day mm -hmm. um, type life. And so, yeah, I don't I don't have a great answer for you other than just keep having the conversation, do it with, um, for me, it's doing it with a, just hopefully a lot of just humility and we've got a, got a lot to learn and um not running away from the conversation and doing as many micro steps that, you know, um, that we can mm -hmm. to, to help rewrite those places and seeking it out. I think the other thing is too, is that we're just so quick to wait for it, to, you know, mm -hmm. land as opposed to, I, from what I understand again, of those biblical words is it's actually like seeking out yeah. those things to then be restorative. And so, um, and there are so many issues. It's a wild, you know, right. it's a big, it's a big world. And um, so I think you've got to listen to the spirit and, and, you know, move towards those things as best you can. Mm. And we're never going to do it. We're never going to nail it right. Yeah. I mean, that was God chose Abraham to, to do this and just read the story. They don't do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, That's true. it's a mess. Huh. And, and then, you know, the King and the, you know, God's got to send prophets down to like speak about the injustice <laughs> that this family of God that God mm. chose is like now not doing these things. So like, don't, I guess right. the thing is, is that if we allow shame and guilt to then cause us to go silent, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's going to be an issue. That's why I think confession and repentance and just honesty and openness is so important because we, if, if we cannot let shame, mm. uh, get a hold of us and hold us down, um, then we'll continue to be able to be vocal. But I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, that's when I go silent, it's when I've got guilt and right. shame that isn't addressed and didn't talked about. And the moment I kind of like let it loose and like, actually talked to my wife, I'm feeling really ashamed right now. And I'm feeling guilty about this. It like frees up all of this, um, this stuff yeah. and allows me to then step into those conversations. And so, um, if we're not stepping into the conversations, we probably got to ask ourselves why, mm -hmm. and is it because we actually, you know, feel insecure mm -hmm. and, and potentially, um, yeah, I mean, and if you're getting defensive, same thing, if I get defensive with my wife, it's because I'm insecure. Right. It's not because I, it's, it's often not that I think I'm right or that I'm like, have this ego. That's what it comes mm. across as. But the reality is, is it's actually a deep insecurity. Sure. It's like eight-year-old Mike that's like, 
I'm worried about, yeah. you know, these things. And so defensiveness, if you're really confident, you actually don't have to get mm. defensive. So it's usually out of insecurity that, that, you know, that defensiveness happens. And so when it comes to social justice and dealing with some of these topics that you're talking about, if we're getting defensive on our social media mm-hmm. channels or we're getting defensive and we're, we're feeling a need to defend ourselves, it's probably a good mm-hmm. indication that we feel insecure about something or we feel shame about something. And so like, let's look at that, yeah. you know? That's so good. Wow. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And ladies and gentlemen watching this video, definitely check out the Bible Project and their resources on justice. They have some awesome, awesome stuff Mm. online about that. So, and I'll see you all again next week for another episode of Outgrowing the Good Christian Girl. Bye guys. And thank you so much, Mike, for being with us today. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's an honor.